I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best worst and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are taking a look at Sword of the Stranger from 2008, 2007? It is from 2007. 2007, alright. Um, which is by uh, anime movie by Studio Bones. It's kind of a little uh, part of our animated interlude between our, our arcs to kind of get us in the, in the samurai mood. Um, nice. But we also kind of want to just kind of chill today. Just kind of talk yeah. about some stuff that we've been playing, a little about what we got coming up for our individual little projects, and all that. So if if you're coming back to this episode from the future and you just want to jump straight to the movie, then you can you can listen to it from 14 minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> awesome, and you dude! Pick it very up from there, so. very prescient of you that you got it exactly yeah. right too. <laughs> yeah i know dude what's crazy is uh, that the title of this movie is a homonym for sort of the stranger which is what it sounded like when i heard you say it out loud um because i realized i've just been reading it but <laughs> sort um, like of the sort, stranger like sort of a, yeah like sort of the stranger sort oh, of, that's he's sort of the stranger that's he's cool. sort of the stranger that's funny i i'm into it <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Carlos, you're the one that uh, chose the biggest one. I guess we can go over real quick before we hop into some other stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, we're going to be looking at some samurai film, which I am really excited about. And uh, I do like us to cover anime now and then. And uh, this is a film that kind of was when I was falling out of love of anime. But mm-hmm. there's still like these features now and then that um, have a strong focus in animation. And I mean, obviously, you guys know that I love uh, action. <laughs> so um, this movie has some of like the coolest sword fighting that I've seen. And uh, this I feel like it's kind of like the the wave of uh, Japanese animation fighting that kind of really was exploded by like Naruto, something like that. You know, you see yeah. these moments where uh, in an anime uh, I talked about Sakuga, which is like the the love of animation, the love of movement. When, when the have heard people say when the budget hits, yeah, when exactly. You see when they see they throw a bunch of money on the screen for yeah, like the animation just gets amazing <laughs> all of a sudden. Yep, and uh, after Naruto, uh, we'd have things. Well, I mean, even with Cowboy Bebop, and we'll talk about Cowboy Bebop with Bones in uh, this film here, but uh, I feel like more people started to really get excited about uh, seeing fighting and anime. And um, uh, one of my favorite action animators works on this film, and uh, I, I still think it uh, is probably one of my like my favorite like two minutes worth of animation ever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to share this film with you guys. And I, I'm pretty sure you guys hadn't seen it before. And uh, it, yeah, I, I, I just I don't know how you guys feel about it too much, but I, I feel like it hits when it really needs to. And it's a really well, good time. I'm so grateful you recommended this because. I, yeah, I straight up love this movie. Um, oh, man. Awesome. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect. And um, I'm sure this has come up on the podcast before, but I have kind of like a touchy relationship with anime, I guess. Like I <laughs> I really love certain Japanese films and certain Japanese animated films. But yeah. what 
kind of feels like the genre of anime for whatever reason i just can't connect to a lot of it yeah Um, no i get that that's like there's the this maybe this is is the rude term but i think of it as like there's anime is like the overall obviously that's just kind of the term for animation from japan and then there's weeb shit (laughs) and i feel like i feel like a lot of times when people hear anime they're thinking of like the super poppy colorful usually like focusing on school life and girls Mm. and people doing magic and it gets really uncomfortably perverted and yeah and even some of the weird ways and stuff right and even some of the more like bro-y action meets like a very unique surrealism like something about it i just um yeah anyways like not i'm not necessarily the best audience for it but gosh i really love this movie and it's you know like a archetypal kind of story but i thought it was you know Mm -hmm. beautiful and like really moving great score i think um Mm -hmm. and yeah like you say some amazing action animation Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get all that in a minute uh first uh carlos you've been kind of picking up with some uh like mercado network kind of stuff kind of making a bigger push with that right yeah so what uh what i want to do with that is basically connect everybody together uh better and kind of really help promote all of the different stuff that we've got going on because i i do honestly feel like if you're if you listen to our show there's gonna be some connective tissue with the other shows on the network even if you might not think that that's the case like i'd say that um uh, as we're recording this the episode for the Mercado bros that just came out is all about uh shinobi 3 ninjas right we love ninjas yeah, here yeah yeah totally. <laughs> that's cool pro and, ninja and sega i mean come and, on. yeah and sega and uh, uh i'm really excited that uh we've got an episode of underscore and underscore is kind of seems to be doing some stuff and uh the music is always a factor in the movies that we cover, whether it's, you know, ridiculous or uh, something that really moves us. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think right, that right. it's really fun. And uh, I also feel like the people that I work with, you know, in this network, you guys and, the you know, we're all friends and we all share a lot of the same interests. And um, honestly, it's just... Uh, a way for us to kind of share what we love. So I want to put that forward and and help that come across on the network and hopefully uh we're all going to benefit from it. So um yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be having some fun with the Marcado network uh, social mm-hmm. media account. So keep an eye out on that. Dude, love that. And yeah, just right. super excited um that there's there's a way that we can kind of all be connected in the really fun content that uh we're all producing um we also really want to try to find more opportunities for all of us to um kind of come together like one big assembly Um, yeah yeah so i'm I'm, i super love finding those details the connective tissue between all of our stuff and i love all of this stuff anyway so like I could I could find something that the Kelly brothers like that could bring them on to Heroes <laughs> Three. I know I can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll figure something out. Yeah, it's funny you say that because we, um, me and uh, Brian have been talking a little bit about. Um, uh, last year Brian played a bunch of old, like really old RPGs, like from like the early '80s, kind of to oh, learn nice. like the the history of like where computer RPGs came from and stuff like that. 
And so this past the uh, a couple of weeks, I've I've been trying to like dig up some stuff because a lot of that stuff you can find just on the internet, just kind of laying around. Uh, and actually, I played uh, Wizardry, which is from like 1981 or something like that. Oh, I've heard of um, it, but, and it's uh... it's really it's interesting. I kind of I want to give it another shot because it's it's interface is atrocious because it's from 1981 and like you know basic game design stuff hadn't really been solidified <laughs> right, right. when it comes to all of that mm. but it's really interesting like it's it's funny it it uh i feel like the western fantasy kind of things that inspired stuff like dungeons and dragons and the like the japanese world of yeah. fantasy like they do they kind of like slowly mesh together and mm-hmm. a lot of that comes from dragon quest and dragon quest gets a lot of its stuff from wizardry and ultima yeah. Um, so, and, like, you can you can look at Ultima and be like, oh, like Dragon Quest is almost like the first couple of Dragon Quests are almost just just Ultima with with better art. Yeah, and and I believe that the Wizardry games either they were adapted for the Japanese market or there was a a handful of Wizardry games that were original for the Japanese market. And um, actually, mm-hmm. relating it to stuff that we've covered. I'm pretty sure that Kentaro Haneda, the composer for some of the old wizardry games, I'm pretty sure he was the guy that did the music for Horio Tekken, the Hiroyuki Sanada film that we oh, covered. Wow. Yeah, because he was actually a pretty notable composer, and he'd work on uh, Macross, the anime. He did the music for oh, that as well. Cool. Yeah, cool. see, I can connect it all. Is that it all? It all, it all connects. And- <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Wizardry's awesome. And I, I've, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you guys just when we're talking about stuff, but I do really love Western fantasy through the Japanese lens. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's so cool. No, that's, that's, um, have you read any of, uh, Dungeon Meshi? Or delicious in dungeon no. it's a it's a it's a manga it's like a it's actually it's a seinen manga we talked about seinen, seinen mm. stuff before yeah um but it's uh it's like a comedy fantasy thing but it's it, it's it's a ton of fun though i think you would love it but it's that mm. it's a very western like dungeons and dragons going to the dungeon stuff but also mixed with like cooking because oh. they're like c- figuring out how to like cook monsters in the dungeons. That's fun. Um, nice. It's really cool, and I'm I'm really into cooking. Obviously, it doesn't come up too much on the show, but I'm um, um I really love cooking and stuff. So it's it's weird seeing these two things that I really like, uh, kind of flopping <laughs> into each other. So oh, that's awesome. dope. Yeah, I love eating food, so that'll get me in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, you mentioned Seinen, and I feel like when it comes to sort of the stranger, this film that we're going to be talking about, um, it's it's kind it's kind of it's got kind of one foot in that genre because uh, I mean it's violent, I would say, but there's no gratuitous like nudity or anything like that. Yeah, and um, I feel like anime was really falling away from that that stuff mostly around this time 2007 but mm-hmm. um yeah there's if, if you're looking for saying and stuff i feel like if you watch this film you won't be disappointed right yeah totally hmm what else been up to uh, i don't know <laughs> i have <laughs> my um my friend chris that i've been talking about 
here and there on the podcast. He also did the artwork for one of our anniversary uh, episodes. Um, oh yeah, we're we're kind of brainstorming ideas for uh, whatever is coming next for his uh, game dev studio, and that's really exciting. And actually, does directly relate to the fantasy stuff that we're talking about. So, oh, very cool. Yeah, I don't have anything official to like say right now, but it's really fun to kind of brainstorm ideas. And I'm um, also speaking of fantasy stuff, I have been brewing ideas for. Uh, the next Hero of Legend album art that the uh, Brueggemann Bros. <laughs> yeah, Marty, that's super. Carl, I mean, yeah, 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 these initial sketches are like so inspiring. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun to get that kind of creative uh, process going and start bouncing ideas off of each other. So that's really cool too. Maybe I'll share some sketches uh, of what I've been doing so far. But also, it's just fun to uh, produce more art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also I'm trying to hopefully. Um, I'm going to have some more time in the in the coming months. So I'm hoping to get back into the the uh, major third video stuff I have. Like I have Dude, a script yes. that's done that that Carlos read through. Actually, that's funny. I have a script that Carlos read through and a script that Marty read through. But, oh, I both, yeah. but, but both of them I need to actually make videos for, you know, got to do the rest of it. But nice. um, <laughs> but I have them. I have them started. I just need to, to follow through with it. But. <laughs> that's awesome i do i like uh i guess fact checking and research stuff so yeah send <laughs> yeah. more stuff my way oh man even yeah. underscore stuff marty hey you need some help with some research let me do it <laughs> oh cool <laughs> i will uh, definitely hit you up on that no, i'm be, just yeah. kidding you don't just you don't have careful. to i don't want to <laughs> yeah, that's fine uh but yeah we're, we're doing stuff guys this is fun but yeah i, I mean i'm excited to see more yeah. major threats third stuff because that's yeah. how i found you in the first place yeah that's true that's true that's that <laughs> i always joke that carlos is my only fan because that's right because that was because like i have i have a like a decent amount of subscribers but i think carlos is the first one that actually like said something about enjoying my videos and i was like hey there's a person that likes my video that's oh, awesome man. <laughs> that's such a magical experience to kind of mm. connect like that yeah yeah, so, that's awesome. Here we are. And hopefully, and and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to see each other again in the somewhat near future. Cause right. Actually, I know, but y'all, this is this is definitely dating the episode. But um, I got my vaccine scheduled for next uh, Tuesday for the first one at least. Oh, that's so, awesome, dude. So that's exciting. Man, congrats. Yeah, yeah um, really cool. Anyway, uh, so do you want to you want to talk about this movie a little bit? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Do it. So yeah, um, sounds good to me. I think what we're going to do is we'll just play this one a little lighter than we usually do. And yeah. I kind of have that idea for these transitional episodes going forward. So it's going to be very in kind of like the the vibe of our welcome back episode. So what I yeah. wanted to really do is just start, start out the gate by just explaining the plot of the film. And then we can just discuss the movie uh, after yeah, that. Like so it. I'm kind of stealing a page from swim fans, but I, I was given the blessing from uh the swim fans <laughs> masters so <laughs> i was gonna say oh, I, I think i've i think i've had the same conversation with alex that it's just like an ouroboros so we're just constantly stealing <laughs> from each other yeah so. yeah it's fine let's do it <laughs> so this film sort of the stranger is a basically uh jidai geki so jidai is like an era it's like a period piece uh film and it's uh based around the sengoku era which is the yeah. 
um, the warring era of uh, the feudal of feudal Japan. And um, well, what the film starts off with is there's a young boy that's on the run, and uh, you don't understand really what's happening, of course. But um, what you find out is that he's basically escaped from you know, what you find out are uh, some Chinese that are in Japan in this time. They're from the Ming. Uh, and they've got this basically really crazy plan. It's some type of uh, immortal prophecy. And of course, this young boy is the key to this, and uh, they need to capture him at all costs. But uh, the young boy ends up... Uh, just by fate running into this uh stranger right sort of the stranger and this mm -hmm. as a man that has no name and uh you see that he has a sword but the sword is sealed and um you kind of there's like a mysterious past behind this guy but uh fate draws them together and there's a violent encounter between him and some of the uh ming soldiers and in the process the young boy's dog who uh is always by his side gets injured and that injury kind of uh draws them together so the boy kind of hires this man to help the dog and help them and in the process they become kind of like this unlikely family and uh yeah. as the uh, the nameless swordsman kind of warms up to this child he kind of gets drawn into this conflict and um also it needs to be said that there is a uh, an antagonist among the Ming who is a blonde-haired blue-eyed swordsman and this mm -hmm. man has basically like a bloodthirsty blade he's always looking to fight he's always looking for a stronger opponent and fate draws him to uh the nameless swordsman and uh they have some encounters throughout the film and it builds to a head where the child is captured by the Ming and uh, Nameless has to go to his rescue. And it culminates in a huge set piece uh, where they have this kind of contraption. It looks like kind of a clock, kind of a huge tower where they're going to perform this ceremony. But in a combination with uh, the Nameless swordsman and some Japanese troops that are trying to kind of uprise against the Ming, you've got this huge final battle that... Um, Leads to, I, like what I said earlier, this <laughs> amazing, uh, uh, only maybe two or three minute long uh, animation sequence of uh, uh, Luo Lang, the, the blonde swordsman, fighting uh, our stranger. And yeah, I, I don't think it gets any better than that when it comes to uh, <laughs> yeah. drawings in motion uh, interacting with each other. <laughs> uh, and that's basically the finale of the film. Yeah, that's that final scene. Like, I wasn't expecting literally everyone except for the two main characters to die. Yeah. Like, literally everyone dies. Right. Mm -hmm. No, the only people that get out of there are are uh, they call them. It's funny in the dub they call them no name, um, which and they call them nanashi in Japanese, which just means no name. So, yeah, it's like nameless. Um, uh, but. The only people that survive are the nameless guy, the kid, and the dog. And that's it. Everyone else dies. Yeah. It's it does wild. have a lot of that similar feel from like uh, the like Chambara films that um, maybe we've yes. seen where. Um, yeah. And actually kind of something like a kind of a Yakuza movie, too, where it's like, how bad are things going to get? You know, these 
encounters between warriors you know when you draw a sword in a samurai film it's your intent is to kill and uh, yeah you get what you pay for with this film you know like uh everybody gets killed and everybody has their own kind of motivations you have kind of a representative of this warring era where there's like a a feudal lord with some samurai that obey him but then there's kind of like a samurai captain that kind of takes the opportunity to kind of steal those troops and like you know leads the charge to follow him instead of this kind of corrupt uh lord of the time that's something kind of representative of the sengoku era and um the the whole thing with the ming is kind of weird to me but i i feel like it serves the action so i'm i'm pretty fine with it yeah it's interesting it really kind of gets into a lot of like japanese chinese conflict yeah um, yeah, so like, uh, not so sure about these Chinese. Like, yeah. it's it's definitely very like xenophobic a little bit. And I love that they they treat that this like you know this European blonde haired blue eyed guy like a he's like a monster. Mm-hmm. Like one yeah, yeah, one a demon person says like yeah. I think I think it's a demon, and they're like oh he's way scarier than a demon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like how there are those um, different like layers of the conflict. Uh, and I hear you that that almost has that kind of like polis- political faction Yakuza kind of yeah. um, as- aspect to it. Um, what's great about the finale, the finale is that ultimately, yeah, all those people are laid waste to and yeah. we come down to just this one on one fight. And neither of these people really care at all about the larger factions um, that have been yeah, in the conflict. Yeah. Only- yeah, that, I just love how that scales down there. It's just like visceral. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also like you mentioned the score earlier, and there's some uh, oh, really yeah. like sweeping, like very dramatic music in the film. Um, uh, Naoki I, Sato is the the composer, and yeah, um, yeah sometimes that works really well. Like, yeah, mostly like the music itself is of is. I think extremely good. And the main theme for nameless is this almost hymn like kind of pastoral, very simple yeah. kind of thing. It's very, very beautiful. Yeah, I think the only moment of the entire movie that bumped me a little bit um, is actually during the finale. Um, there's something about that theme. I'm not sure that it's entirely appropriate for that scene. <laughs> and uh, we really like bring the orchestration up to like the, the max. And so mm-hmm. it, it felt a little like the score is kind of wallpapering over um, that sequence just a, a little bit. Like I think it would actually be brilliant even kind of with no score. But I... I love the music and for for the most part I think it's spotted um really well. I think the music makes like the 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 fight like whenever the nameless shows up at like this huge like sacrifice complex that they build whenever he like shows up there and he has to like fight his way up to to save the kid when it, that's whenever I was like this music makes this scene go from like a seven to a ten. Yeah. <laughs> like...
like it, it goes from a really cool scene to being like, oh my god, like, like you, you could do it, like yeah, it's like really. <laughs> yeah, really I think that this movie yeah. really earns the beats. I mean, it it is it's playing with these archetypes, but the thing is, I think for most of us. Um, we like archetypal stories, whether it's an adventure story oh, yeah. or a ghost story or whatever. We just want them done well and with a lot yeah. of heart. And yeah, this movie has a hell of a lot of heart. It does. And yeah, just when that feels so satisfying when Nameless comes back. But yeah, that torture or sacrificial chamber and uh, Kotaro, is that the boy's name? Yeah, Kotaro's um, the kid. Right. Yeah, he's on a literal cross, like he's strung <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Toby Maru is the best boy in the world. Oh man, yeah the whole the whole device right there with, you know, the the plot brings them together because the dog's injured and um, them kind of reluctantly joining forces. But in in the end, that dog is what really brings them together as a family. I I mean, I love dogs. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I was so pumped that the dog didn't die. (laughs) Yeah, and he looks really cool. Toby does, and he he draws blood too. Yeah, no, he he gets vicious. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. he bites people in like the neck, and it, it gets rough. I, I also I wrote my notes that the um, I think that they in Japan they recorded the sound of a dog barking in like 1974. And had just been <laughs> using that same clip. I totally like, know. I, when, I know when he's the, under like, the I, rubble. That yeah, bark, like yeah. you hear that that bark. Like I know I've heard that bark a million times before. <laughs> That's like, and it's and especially in the dub, it's very obvious how much older that recording oh, is sure. than everything that's, else. That's the good boy Wilhelm. It's <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, I will say the dub's fine. It's not terrible. It's a it's an ocean dub, so it's um. A lot of a lot of Canadian folks. Um, oh man, dude, but, the um, ocean group. Yeah, yeah. This, I know. By you, Canadians, you mean foreigners? The... Sorry, no, that's a big yeah. theme in the movie. Um, I was a yeah, big it's, fan it's a lot of, of those guys. Yeah, it's a lot of the folks that did like the the original DBZ dub. In oh, the okay. US. Rama um, one actually, half. I think the and Rama one half. I think the guy who plays like the 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 really big dude that's like about to uh, kill the dog at the very end before mm. Nameless shows up. I think that's the same voice actor that did Vegeta in the original. Oh, okay. DC, I think it's something he, he, he was somewhere. It was a little hard to find the exact uh, oh. stuff. Okay. Well, we can talk but, about, but the... I will say, I will say I, I, if you can watch the original Japanese, cause I actually, I like the, the Japanese cast more. Yeah. Yeah. The voice acting is just beautiful. The voice acting is really good. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, there's some pretty notable voice actors in this. I think the, yeah, the biggest yeah. two for me were uh, Luo Lang, the, the villain. He's played by Koichi Yamadera. Yamadera and um, that's like Spike Spiegel and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Cowboy Bebop. And um, there's the uh, Itadori, the uh, samurai, the that kind of uprises against the Lord towards the oh, end yeah, of the Oh, yeah, Shogun? Or, yeah. yeah, Shogun Itadori. He's played by Akio Otsuka, who that's like Solid Snake from all the yeah. Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah, it's it's our two... Oh, nice. The two people who have the iconic 90s gravelly yeah. voice, in my mind, for their for their dub actors. Yeah, but, totally. Right. Awesome. But the, um, the uh, Nameless and Kotaro are both played by um, people that 
are basically mainly known for like music so the uh yeah. tomoya nagase he's like known for being the in this group called tokyo and um i think it's his only anime role and um oh wow yeah yeah kotaro's played by a, a boy named yuri chinen and he's actually under the same kind of so the uh the company's called uh, Johnny and Associates, and they're known for like uh, boy boy bands and like uh, uh, pop ah, idols. Gotcha. Yeah, so both of these uh, actors are are under that umbrella. And actually, now that I'm mentioning this, they're uh, our our friend Mike. He does uh, vintage henshin, and um, he just had kind of a feature about an Ultraman uh, show and one of the big kind of uh, sections of that uh, feature is about Johnny and Associates because they're kind of notorious about how they handle their uh, talent <laughs> and um, oh gotcha that plays a part in like uh, some drama in the Ultraman world <laughs> and you, you, you don't mean good notorious I'm guessing no it's no. like it's uh, yeah this kind of like blacklist kind of weird kind of ah. yeah weird stuff but uh, they're yeah. both under that uh uh production uh group so that's interesting too i'd be surprised they worked oh yeah and actually that's that's what we really need to talk to is the studio that that animated this is studio bones who are kind of like legendary in an anime yeah. world especially today because yeah. they've done they've done a billion things almost all of which are really really good um like they did for me i i really they did um my Hero Academia, they did the first season of uh, One Punch Man, and they did Mob Psycho 100, all of which I really, really enjoy. Oh, yeah, that's right. You really like that. That's cool. Yeah. Mob um, Psycho's amazing. Yeah, it, it's really cool. But uh, they've been a studio that's been around for uh, a long time. Um, I mean, over 20 years, I think. Uh, I feel like I started hearing about them around Cowboy Bebop times. So, Because um, they did the Cowboy Bebop movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, they're basically an offshoot of sunrise yeah. so sunrise gotcha. is sure. like the so a lot of them probably worked on cowboy bebop with sunrise yeah sure, yep, sure. but they've made a, a very strong name for themselves as an animation mm-hmm. studio um stuff like uh full metal alchemist eureka yeah, seven yeah. um let's see what else like you mentioned my hero academia those are really big ones that i think everybody knows um Space Dandy is a show that I really liked, <laughs> and uh, they handled the animation for that. And Wolf's Reign is a kind of an underdog kind of huh, underdog and, yeah. <laughs> uh, show that I really think is cool. So um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if some of the people from that worked on this with with the with the dog animation. And yeah, stuff. sure, but uh, yeah, just just a ton of really uh, stellar work that uh, I always know if I'm watching something with bones there's going to be a level of quality that's uh, going to really impress me. So um, uh, with Bones, I can start talking about this final fight because uh, Yutaka Nakamura is like an animator that I love. And literally, like if he's involved with something, I just know it's going to be really good. Uh, pretty much if you've seen any any of the good fights in uh, My Hero Academia, Yutaka Nakamura's probably had his touch on it somehow. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, he's done some amazing work in Cowboy Bebop. But um, in this film, he handles that last fight. It's basically two minutes straight of his animation. And um, yeah, some of the things that I just really love uh, in his work is kind of like, I guess his his camera eye. 
is really uh really exciting to me he does this thing where uh and I, I realize it as i'm kind of just looking up his stuff for this episode um he likes to put the camera pretty low a lot of times where you're looking basically like from the ground looking at the your fighters from a distance so you see them kind of interacting with each other and it's like right. kind of like you're sneaking a peek at their fight but also just very dynamic camera work so there's sections in here where the camera's rotating around our fighters there's sections here where the camera kind of pulls back like a, a very dramatic zoom out just to uh, see the fighter kind of pull into the frame. Uh, there's a lot of really great smearing too. So like, I feel like through most of the fight, the swords aren't shaped like swords because of the smearing. They're kind of like yeah, in these like yeah. triangular shapes that kind of just give you a sense of the motion that's happening. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really great. And I feel like it really... If if you're maybe not into animation, but you're into more of like the Hong Kong action that we talk about on Heroes Three, usually you're really gonna be interested in this uh, fight scene because yeah, it, totally. it has all of that same energy and it, uh, almost more so because you're working in a drawn medium where you can just kind of play in this world and not have limits of like real performers. It's it's super right. good. And uh, Lo Lang, I, in my notes, I called him Blondie the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Lo Lang has the that Chinese sword, like with the with like the tassel at the bottom of the handle as well, mm -hmm. which kind of gives us another connection to our our Hong Kong world. Yeah. Ooh, good call. Yeah. In in general, something that I love about the movie is it's fairly, you know, kind of restrained, at least relative to some other animated films like of this time. <laughs> Um, you know, we, there's definitely some kind of over the top violence and, um, some kind of fantastic feats, especially in this final mm -hmm. sequence. But I think it's, yeah, one of the strengths of the movie is kind of through and through the action, um, is really grounded. And so it's like, not, I would say one thing I love about the action, it doesn't, not only it doesn't feel kind of like cheated and just like moving into fantasy all the time but also it's just really inventive choreography you know the kind mm -hmm. of stuff that we call out in our live action movies that we love so much just really clever use of space and location and objects in the environment and things you've never seen before but yeah it's like all of the impact is really powerful and um yeah kind of looking forward to these gifts <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally i mean uh, yeah. plenty of them already exist because people love this and uh yeah one of the other things that you I, I haven't looked them up recently, but a lot of times people on YouTube would make these like compilation videos. They call them Mads, where they uh, showcase at specific animators and just show clips of their work from different uh, anime. And for sure, Yutaka Nakamura has a lot because he just does so much. But, um, you know, you were mentioning how kind of grounded and how realistic the movement is. I, I would say that when it comes to uh, Chambara films and like the stuff that we're going to be talking about, the, the thing that this movie kind of resonates with the least with those is the fighting because the fighting that you have yeah. here is like very like, I mean, very you know, anime. very anime and very, mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to be, I think there's maybe one moment where you see a samurai doing like kind of the slide step. Yeah. That's like in the, that kind of training uh, section with uh, uh, Ita, uh, shogun you know yeah and um yeah. 
you get the most like samurai like uh movements out of that scene but any time you've got nameless or luo lang or any of the chinese crew fighting they're doing flips and uh you know cartwheels mm-hmm. and spinning around and stuff which i mean yeah. it serves the medium well it looks great but yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely not chambara <laughs> to me yeah yeah because that's well, we're going to talk about it a lot when we get to chambara is it's it's all about it's like you stare down and then you make two quick movements and then the people explode into blood and, and the fight's over. Oh man. Which is, yeah, which is awesome. Like, really I cool. love it. Yeah. It just, it serves differently. Yep. You do get, um, you do get one scene earlier, the first time where Lo Lang and nameless kind of face off against each other. And like, you know, that like, like they're both very capable and want to fight and they have like a brief little stint, but like right before that, it's like it's very chambar with like the the wind blowing and yeah. like the two of them staring each other down on like a bridge right and the shadow yeah, totally. kind of passing over them and mm-hmm. kind of signaling when and even in the final start. fight though it's overall uh fairly elaborate we still get like a beautiful kind of stare down um mm-hmm. and there's actually this gust of wind that's blowing the snow um, which then so uses as cover to, to kind of make the first move, which is, yeah, brilliant. Dude, that, that scene on the, the bridge, uh, I, yeah, that was just fantastic. And there's this, this choice in that scene that just knocked me out. I've never seen anything like this. That, mm-hmm. um, when the camera pulls back, we see that just below the bridge, there's um, a fisherman Mm-hmm. who has his like line cast out in the river. And just before these two on the bridge start to move to each other to fight, he gets a tug on his line. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, that just did something to me. And then yeah. um, the line breaks basically right as the fight gets interrupted. I'm still not entirely sure what I even make of that, but it was just like on this intuitive level, it felt like this powerful kind of movie metaphor. And yeah, oh, I just loved it. I, I love, yeah, I, I was thinking too, because that's, it's just such a choice. Like, you know, they had yeah. to actively think, like, this is going to be happening at the same time. And, like, it serves as a not too terribly subtle metaphor of, of the kind of the one who got away in his search for a, a good right, fight. Right. But it's just, it's so cool because, you know, I feel like another, another fight choreographer, whatever, would, it would just be all about the fight, not have this kind of weird, silly cutaway. Yeah, I also like that it, you know, before that interaction, he, uh, Lua Lang's kind of just riding on his horse, and they cut to a shot where they show Nameless walking, but you see it's like tight on his sword. And in the film, he's got his sword kind of wrapped up. It's basically a sealed because he's kind of like this virtuous person but he kind of suffered some type of tragedy maybe that yeah he felt like i can't (laughs) unsheathe my sword anymore and um yeah luo lang's kind of teasing him he knows that you almost get a sense that he noticed that and he wanted to start a fight with this guy he could Mm -hmm. just tell that he was strong so i think that that's really cool and yeah this film doesn't really get into the the soul of a samurai you know or the path of the martial artist right like we'd right. like to talk to uh, talk about on the podcast but um it, it kind of gets close to stuff like that but i think they leave uh 
Nameless's past, and you know that much a mystery. So uh, I think it works really well. And you you get a glimpse at like kind of a nightmare that he has during the film, and um, but I I, I feel like uh, it's kind of cool not knowing that because you kind of see that growth towards the end and when he finally does unsheathe that sword it's kind of a bit more meaningful that way without Mm -hmm. kind of just getting explained everything to you so i think that's pretty cool i actually there was um i tried to look this up to find out what the actually the definition of it was but um there's a person that i follow that always has really great insights on twitter he he goes by hokuto andy and he knows a lot about like kind of swords uh swordsmen and like kind of like um basically like the history of like uh samurai and stuff and he he made a post about there are actual like instances where the a katana blade will have a lock on it so like on the hilt there's like a tab that will actually lock the sword so it won't come out but i couldn't find out what that was actually called but i'll share those images on our blog post for the episode but it's kind of it's kind of cool to think that i was also trying to find out about in history if there were kind of some similarities to some of the characters that exist in this film and i did find out about like a type of mongol that actually sometimes they said they had blonde hair and blue eyes because of like uh european kind of mixing but uh that was dated like way older than what the sengoku era would be it was like mm. like first century or second century oh wow yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Actually, yeah. I'm really excited to cover these samurai films because there's a lot that I've been wanting to study about. And this gives me an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. But, yeah. That's great. I, I did actually find out that, you know, that sliding step of a samurai where they kind of keep their feet on the ground and slide towards their opponent. It's called suriyashi. It's basically um, the, the term for uh, footwork. You know, so basically what it is, is they keep their feet on the ground so they kind of stay in balance and stay in a powerful stance. So if they had to draw their sword or if they had to strike, they'd have uh, the power to do so. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So expect a lot of that kind of nerdy crap yeah. from me coming yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, another no. detail that I so loved about uh, Nameless... Um, and I think this speaks to, I think what makes the movie special um, is we're kind of moving through some familiar beats and archetypes, but there are these little twists that you haven't quite seen before. And like the sword seal, which he's taught, it's this makeshift string tie. There's something about that that's a super powerful image. Um, also love that uh, he has this homemade hair dye that he's actually you know, this red haired man and would be kind of outed as a foreigner if he didn't dye his hair black by like boiling these, these nuts. Um, something about that concept is just really, you know, fascinating. Again, it's the kind of like tell a story around the campfire. It's like, Ooh, that's interesting. But the reveal of the red hair is a really great, um, great scene as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just all these little details. Also, I, we've already mentioned it, but the fact that so much revolves around this little dog, uh, is really, is really unique and it's super effective because, you know, Nameless and the boy, they're really not getting on at first. And, uh, you totally believe that each of these people would kind of go the extra mile if if it's to help this dog, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, really brilliant device. Um, but yeah, it ends up being kind of more meaningful that than that because the dog is like a really significant character, like through to the end of the movie. Another another bit that I like, we were talking about how the movie is, is pretty grounded. Uh, and I, I do like that it's grounded, but it's not afraid to do a little fantastical stuff. Right, but it doesn't right. go but it doesn't go completely over the top with it. Um and one of the common uh bits that you see, which I, I noticed obviously they you know, explicitly talk about it, but I noticed that uh is a lot more prevalent in the movie the second time I watched it. Is that these uh, these Chinese people that are there uh, are taking like a drug that makes it so they can't feel pain, and so there are several scenes where people just get shot with arrows and just keep keep going yeah. <laughs> because they literally can't feel it. Right. Or the they're like interrogating this guy and they're like nothing's breaking him. What's right. going on? And they like stick a hot poker into his chest and he doesn't move at all. <laughs> yeah wild actually the uh i feel like all the people in this film that don't have plot armor <laughs> uh can get like dismembered <laughs> incredibly easily <laughs> you know heads are flying oh, yeah. off and arms are flying off like yeah people fly apart and this yep. it's like i feel like there's some video games where like dismemberment's like part of it and it's people the game feel like engine they feel like they're made out of like sticks yeah. because they fly apart so easily. Right. That's what happens in this movie sometimes. Yeah, there dude. Is a yeah, there's that. a couple of like more casual, frivolous dismemberments. The uh, the dude's finger in the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he he totally takes that in stride. Um, <laughs> what finger? And, and, and then, it's because Kotaro bites evil, it off. The evil, which is cool. uh, yeah, the evil emperor priest, whatever. At yeah. the end. And his forearm is like dangling for the longest <laughs> yeah, time. He's just oh, he's carrying dude, on a conversation, <laughs> just Ooh. hanging by the skin. Yeah. <laughs> um. The other thing that I mentioned, I I could mention too, is that there was like a a short, basically pilot for this film. So before Studio Bones went ahead and did a full feature, um, they made like kind of a couple minute long, um, uh, thematically similar uh, idea, like pilot and that's really cool too you can find it online i think that i shared it uh youtube clip but if you buy the funimation dvd or blu-ray um actually the dvds like the dvd for a long time i mean i think it's still really expensive but that was like a highly sought dvd where you couldn't find it for like under 50 bucks and um funimation actually released the blu-ray of it um within the last handful of years so i actually originally because it wasn't on Blu-ray here, I got a German Blu-ray with... It oh, was nice. like a combination Blu-ray with uh, Ninja Scroll, Sword of the Stranger, and actually, I think it was just those two films. Yeah, so I, I wanted to watch it in, on Blu-ray so bad that I imported that German <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> but now we have this Funimation one, which is really cool. And you can access that. I think I think you can rent it on Amazon Prime as well in the U.S., so... It's pretty cool. Yeah, I it's think pretty the, easy. I think to it might get. just be the dub that's there. Oh, okay. Well, just have the audio off then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, it's it's, not that I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think somebody uploaded the the pilot to YouTube, so you can see that. And the Blu-ray has a couple of extra features too about the making of and stuff that are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, another a cool. A cool, uh, I don't know, theme, I guess, we see in a lot of, especially 
especially Japanese stuff, but we see in a lot of our, our Hong Kong stuff too, is the complete hatred towards firearms in oh. in a lot of these yeah. uh, movies. Yeah. And like, oh, good observation. and uh, that's, that happens in this movie too. Cause the, um, they bring over like this, you know, this is supposed to be like 1500s roughly mm-hmm. something like that. And so it's this very old school gun, but uh, the Shogun is like having this intense fight in the final scene um, with Lo Lang and like, you think that it's going to end with like, you know, he'll, he might, he's probably going to get killed, but it's going to be like some intense thing. And he just gets shot in the back yeah, by, by this old man. Right. Yeah. I feel like, and, and the way the final fight even happens is because Lo Lang knows he's going to shoot nameless and just cuts his arm off so that he can have his fight. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. That's why he does that. <laughs> and I love that, that, I don't know. I, I, I always love whenever it's kind of a trope in a lot of anime of the swords are better than guns kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's always cool to, to see it play out. Yeah, especially right. in stuff like this. And actually, it calls back to the first Chambara film that we covered. So in, in Yo, uh, Yojimbo, remember, uh, Tatsuya Nakadai's character had a gun. And that was like his whole, like, hey, I got a gun. Don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah, thematically, we'll see a lot of this stuff in some of the films that we're, we're going to be covering. And, yeah, I, I'm super excited to check out some black and white samurai films. How about you guys? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, oh, yeah. bring 100%. it on. Very excited. Well, thank you so much for checking out our show here. Uh, a little shorter one this week, but next week we'll have a, a full full talking talkin one. Um, <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed it, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Here's the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. Um, so yeah, so Carlos, what are we? What are we? What are we doing? Our first uh, Chambara film on next week. So our first film in our uh, look into Chambara films is, I mean, it's a samurai film, but there's a little bit of a different energy to it. So we're actually going to be looking at the first Zatoichi film. So this is oh, the tale awesome. of Zatoichi. Yeah, uh, this is an early Dae film. It came out in 1962. So we're going way back, guys. And uh, I, that probably makes it our oldest movie, right? Because that's older than um, older uh, than is uh, Come it? Drink With Me. Because Come Drink With Me was the oldest one. Well, I think so of... Far, I think, uh, so. Or Yojimbo. Yojimbo might be the oldest. Oh, that's right. Yojimbo. Yojimbo right. is older. Never mind. Right. So it's pretty old. It's it's old. It's black and white. Yeah. But it's yeah. going to be fun. But still... Well, yeah. Yojimbo's 61, I think. So I don't think we've... We haven't looked at a movie earlier than the 60s, I want to say. So that that could be a cool challenge to see if we could go back <laughs> oh yeah i mean and when it comes to chambara films we can go further back than that so um i mean we'll 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 be talking about all this stuff in the next episode but i'm really excited for us to uh talk about zatoichi having in heaven might be the oldest one we've done actually oh yeah that's uh... like 60 61 something like that <laughs> nice sorry oh dude that's not related to any of this so i like um, that that's cool no that's super related <laughs> So, uh, until next week, where we're taking a look at the tale of Zatoichi, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember training.
Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. Sweet, that was fun, guys. <laughs> Isn't it easy, funny? Easy breezy. Matthew feels guilty that the episode's short. <laughs> He's like, uh, are you sure you want it to be this short? <laughs> nah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's good. They don't all have to be long.